This is the KGEZ Good Morning Show with John Hendricks and Robin Mitchell. Now, Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. 15 minutes with one of Northwest Montana's newsmakers. Glacier Bank's totally free checking saves you both time and money. Visit your nearest Glacier Bank office today. There's a convenient location near you. Glacier Bank, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. And today we're going to talk climate. And we have Citizens Climate Lobby's Regional Director, Bill Barron. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Sure. So is it climate change or global warming? You know, uh, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the climate is changing. I think global warming sort of had a, a, a tough, uh, tough play. And so I think really climate change is sort of the, the language there. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, we really focus on things that are working to solve that issue. Okay, now, the, when, when we talk about global warming or whatever, it's kind of oscillating, isn't it? Up and down, we're having extremes. Yep, ab- absolutely. Yes. So the uh, you know it's the climate is always changing, um, mm-hmm. but what we're seeing is the changing is still happening, but it's warming as it's progressing in time, and uh, you know it's we're seeing these strange weather events more and more often. So it's it signals I think for what's coming. I was never convinced of all of this until. I believe it was 2007, I was in New York and uh, I got a chance to do an early preview of uh, the Al Gore movie, uh, An Inconvenient Truth. And uh, uh, I was amazed, absolutely amazed. And afterwards went to down to dinner with uh, several professors at uh, at Columbia University. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, these guys are all PhDs. I'm the dumbest one in the whole class. <laughs> and these guys, um, you know, I, they're the ones who evaluate doctoral theses and, uh, and all of that, and the mm-hmm. ones that uh, you have to defend your thesis to these guys. And I said, from the standpoint of scholarship, just scholarship, you know, or all the ibids and the all that stuff, all that, all the footnotes and everything, I said, how would you, how would you rate that? And they, they said, his scholarship is perfect. <laughs> His scholarship was perfect. Everything was proven. Everything was, you know, was uh, uh, accredited properly. Yeah. And uh, that's when I began to realize that we had a problem. Yep, yep. It's, uh, you know, the interesting thing about that is the inconvenient truth really, uh, I think it uh, made it so that the issue became a little polarized because yeah. of the political perspectives on it. and. We really want to try to bring people together and, cool. and really work towards solutions. What I got out of it was, oh, Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, actually, I went, later I bought the uh, DVD and I showed it to a lot of my friends who uh, thought it was bunk like I did. And most of them said, if I had realized that was Al Gore, I would have voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, 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 the thesis, I know, scared a lot of people because it was spot on. Yeah. There, there was a lot of um, people invested in the status quo that kind of fed uh, continuing or perpetuating old yeah. notions, mm-hmm. too, I believe. But I think we. Had, but the thing that I thought was interesting in his presentation was he went back, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of years and he showed that there had been climate change all along right but what was different this time was it was happening so quickly exactly yep so uh, you know over time as as you know um you know um animals and 
creatures uh, are will, able to adapt over a long period of time. But because, like you said, it's happening so quickly that uh, it's a lot harder for that to happen. So it's going to cause more trouble. Tell us about your organization. Sure. Citizens Climate Lobby is a nonpartisan nonprofit. It's uh, nationwide. Uh, we have over 210,000 supporters across the country, uh, 383 chapters. We organize in chapters and help support volunteers to advocate for climate solutions. Uh, we're really in the solution department and we really work towards building relationships with everyone and to be able to listen to where people are and work to find common ground. And so we empower individuals to get involved in this way. Well, if, if I remember uh, the thesis from uh, An Inconvenient Truth, the uh, point of no return was 2014. We're 10 years past that now. Yeah, yeah. Do we, do we have even a chance of changing this? Uh, you know, we, I think we, we want to be looking like we always have a chance at creating change for the better. Um, I, there are probably things that we cannot get back to uh, as far as the changes that are happening, but it mm -hmm. doesn't mean we shouldn't stop working towards solutions mm -hmm. that can make the future a better future. I, I uh, of course, being a, a, a native here in Northwest Montana, the, uh, uh, the environment and my attitude toward the environment has changed dramatically in my, you know, <clears throat> now 75 years on this planet. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I remember as a kid, if a tree was in the way, we just cut it down. You know, and if uh, something was in the world, we just pushed it aside. And now we think really hard before we even touch a tree. Yep, yep. And that's, you know, I mean, it's, we're dealing with more people, um, more stresses on the environment. And um, I think that we just continue to work towards finding ways to work together better and, and find solutions that work for everybody. Can you, can you give us some goals that you guys have, uh, some reasonable goals that we can actually achieve? Sure. So again, we work in that nonpartisan space. And one mm -hmm. of the goals that we have right now really is to try to uh, speed up permitting reform across the board. Um, a lot of the um, energy infrastructure uh, um, approaches with, through clean energy and, and all types of energy are, are being slowed down by the permitting process. And that's something where, oh. you know, if we're able to help uh, get these projects um, in place sooner, it helps us address the uh, issue of, of climate. What kind of projects? Uh, like wind, solar, uh, battery mm -hmm. storage, geothermal. All these things have, a, a pr you know, a, a time frame in order for it to get approved to be installed, essentially. Um, and, you know, a lot of the we as an organization are nonpartisan, so we want to be sure that that permitting reform is across the board. It's not singling out one energy source over another because we know that as far as all the energy projects that are out there, you know, a high, a 90 plus percent of those projects are clean energy anyway already. And that as time goes on, you know, there's going to be more and more interest to be developing and deploying clean energy projects. Um, rather than fossil fuels. Well, it isn't all dread. We want to have a little bit of fun with it, and uh, <laughs> we're going to ask Bill Barron about that, how we do that right after this. Celebrate the savings during the President's Day sale at Sportsman Ski House. Save 40% off past season. That's not supposed to be there. Let's, uh, let's do this. Mm-hmm. 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 
If you've been dreaming about a spring getaway, consider the Red Lion in Kalispell. Give me 60 seconds and you'll see what I mean. This is Katie Persier for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. The Red Lion transforms into a New Orleans-like Mardi Gras, February 23rd, 6 to 10 p.m. From lively music to colorful costumes, masks, and beads, you'll be transported to the Big Easy. It's not only for a good time, the gala raises money for the Flathead Food Bank. With the needed funds, they'll be able to expand to be the distribution hub for pantries across Northwest Montana. Event ticket information is on the Flathead Food Bank's Facebook page or visit their website at flatheadfoodbank.org. Click events for more details. We think a fun spring getaway right down the road sounds dreamy. Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. Here again is Robin Mitchell. Oh, here I am. Yeah. Uh, I got you out of order, but that's I, all I right. You so, can take uh, it. Well, let's make it fun Montana. <laughs> You've got a uh, Montana tour on uh, track for us, do you not, Bill, uh, with the uh, Citizens Climate Lobby? Tell us about it. Yes. Uh, yes, um, I've been on the road here with uh, my colleague, Laurel Eastman, as a volunteer in Montana. And I'm based in Salt Lake City. Okay. And we do tours, and I cover seven states in the Mountain West. And uh, what we try to do is get out into the neighbors, uh, the communities where we have chapters and help provide support. And, and um, you know, this work is... It's challenging work and, and we want to have fun doing it as well. So we really try to find ways to incorporate events that, um, you know, really help the volunteers connect with each other, build relationships <laughs> that way as well. So we've done, you know, uh, fun things like uh, a snowman protest in Bozeman, um, uh, community <laughs> socials. Um, we're skiing up at... Uh, up the, the mountain today and, and getting to connect okay. with people up there as well. So we really try to incorporate the, the fun with the work. Okay, the fun that's kind of localized that makes sense as opposed to clown shoes and a big red nose or <laughs> yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, you're, you're calling it a Montana tour. Are you traveling across the state? Yes, yes. So we, uh, last Sunday we started in Bozeman and then headed over to Billings. And each, in each location, we have events. Uh, we meet with member aides to members of Congress, as well as having social events and gatherings, uh, book readings. We've done all sorts of things across the way. Then we went to uh, um, Missoula, and we're here today. And uh, Whitefish and Kalispell is our last stop, and I'll be oh. heading back to uh, Salt Lake City, where I'm from, uh, tomorrow. Hey, saving the best for last. We appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> so what do you have in plan for us here in Kalispell and Whitefish today? Uh, well, today we, we, um, we're going to be um, meeting with community leaders. Uh, we have a social where we're gathering um, locals to invite to learn more about Citizens Climate Lobby. Uh, we'll be up on the mountain with uh, people who have supported uh, bills that we've been advocating for. Mm -hmm. including Hillary Lynn, the ski racer, and other folks ah. from the mountain. And then uh, we, we, tonight we're going to be bowling. So, you know. <laughs> bowling? I haven't huh? been bowling in a while, so hopefully I don't throw my shoulder out or something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 How did you come to all this, Bill? What's your background? Yeah, so I'm a carpenter by trade. And uh, I have, a, uh, at the time, a young daughter. I've been involved with Citizens Climate Lobby since 2010. And uh, just... I love the outdoors. I actually worked in Polson one summer. Just loved being outside and uh, wanted to find ways. Uh, you know, I saw 
things changing in the environment and wanted to find a way to um, make the world a better place for my daughter and coming generations and um, found out about uh, Citizens Climate Lobby and, and really was drawn to it because of its approach of respect and appreciation and wanting to build relationships and looking for solutions that match the scale of the problem and trying to convey it in a way that's not you know, doom and gloom, but rather this is an opportunity that we can uh, help improve our, uh, our time on this planet. And uh, it's been a great experience. You think electric vehicles are the answer? Uh, I think that, yeah, I think they're a part of it. I mean, there's a lot mm -hmm. of things. It's, it's, there's a lot of issues and things. And I think yeah. the, the thing that I keep in mind is that the, you know, the path forward's not perfect. And there's things to iron out as we work in this transition. Um, but it's, it's, you know, the technology's always improving. And um, I think electric vehicles are gonna be a part of it for sure. Mm -hmm. What about uh, uh, hydrogen and some of those other materials? Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, the way we try to look at the issue is like, what's economically the most feasible and sensible? Um, and the hydrogen, again, I think will, it's kind of an all of the above approach and that it'll be used in some places, but you know, we have to be careful that the, the hydrogen is, is created from clean energy. Otherwise we're using yeah. uh, fossil energy <laughs> to create the hydrogen. So yeah. there are other things that um, like, um, you know, enhanced geothermal where they can pull heat from the um, ground. Uh, there's some great technology there. We'll need carbon capture and sequestration. We really uh, need every, we believe we need everybody on board on this issue and to look for solutions in all areas and, and work in that way. Do you favor a carbon tax? Uh, we, we call it a carbon fee and dividend mm -hmm. because the money yeah. would be collected and distributed back to households. And that was what we were initially specifically focused on. And now as time has gone on and the, um, you know, the partisan move of the Inflation Reduction Act has a lot of energy provisions in it. And there's a lot of money there to help support uh, development of clean energy. And so right now we're really working and then have expanded our policy areas to uh, include permitting reform, building electrification and efficiency and healthy forests in addition to the carbon price. But we still believe that the carbon price is something that would be very helpful because it's market-based economy-wide and it's it's putting a cost on the pollution that we're trying to avoid so it creates that incentive uh, you make an interesting point here uh, you call anything a tax all of a sudden we hate it yep <laughs> exactly yep <laughs> bill Barron is our guest and uh, we're going to talk a bit more about uh, the energy goals and uh, how we might accomplish some of them right after this mm -hmm. If you've been dreaming about a spring getaway, consider the Red Lion in Kalispell. Give me 60 seconds and you'll see what I mean. This is Katie Persinger for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. The Red Lion transforms into a New Orleans-like Mardi Gras, February 23rd, 6 to 10 p.m. From lively music to colorful costumes, masks, and beads, you'll be transported to the Big Easy. It's not only for a good time, the gala raises money for the Flathead Food Bank. With the needed funds, they'll be able to expand to be the distribution hub for pantries across Northwest Montana. Event ticket information is on the Flathead Food Bank's Facebook page or visit their website at flatheadfoodbank.org. 
click events for more details. We think a fun spring getaway right down the road sounds dreamy. Glacier Banks Community Conversations. Here again is John Hendricks. Today we're talking about our climate and Citizens Climate Lobby Regional Director Bill Barron is with us. Uh, a lot of lofty goals here, a lot of things that, uh, frankly, if we don't accomplish some of these, uh, our time on this planet is going to be extremely limited. So how are we going to do this? You know, I think the way we do it is, is to really start by having conversations with people and really elevating this issue with everyone and, and trying to find ways to find common ground so we can talk about solutions. Um, like I mentioned, we are focused on permitting reform, so we have specific legislation that we're advocating for, uh, we, and we have legislation in different areas that we work on. Um, and what we, the Big Wires Act is the one that we're advocating for with permitting reform, would, which would help be able to move energy from different regions to make the, uh, the energy grid more resilient um, mm-hmm. and make the cost uh, more fair for areas that are in demand for energy when they're facing a challenging... So, so what did you call that? It's called the Big Wires Act. The Big Wires Act? Yeah. Uh-huh. In other words, we've got to get the energy. Well, we can create the energy, but it doesn't do any good unless we get it out to the people who need it. Yeah, so right now the energy is restricted in a way by region. And this, the idea mm-hmm. with this legislation is to be able to um, have the regions provide 30% of their peak energy demand above uh, their peak energy demand to be able to move that from one region to another. Um, that way, it's you know supporting areas where the demand may be higher due to weather events and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, it creates more resilience, and um, it's an opportunity for these regions to beef up their energy supply. Um, and it's not forcing them to do it in any specific way. It's like just meet the goals, and uh, by transmitting that energy to other regions, not only does it make the energy uh, more affordable in the regions that are suffering from some event. But it also, uh, the energy providers are um, obligated to be able to move that energy into these other areas. And they will be, um, the the amount of money they can make by moving that energy to another region offsets the cost of doing this. So it's uh, it's not a cost on the government, but rather an opportunity to move energy. Now, John, we had uh, somebody in recently was talking about transmission lines. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you generate the electricity with a wind farm or something like that. You need to get it into the grid so that uh, it can move around. So that's, is that a part of building out a uh, solar system? Uh, is that the responsibility of them? Yeah, so the, the uh, you know, that's a challenge that, you know, right. m- more transmission lines is a challenge. So it's trying to match, uh, you know, corridors, energy corridors that are already in place and maybe putting more uh, capacity in those corridors. Um, but ideally we're looking for, you know, trying to find uh, locations that are close to, um, uh, you know, lines that are already mm-hmm. in place. Right. Yeah. Some are already filling, you know, it's, it's a complicated mm-hmm. thing. And so it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not perfect, and, and the path forward will, will uh, reveal how it One goes. One step at a time. Yeah. I've had a number of conversations uh, with Mark Lollum, who is the CHS Mountain West Co-op Manager in our area, and uh, one of the things CHS has been working on is uh, biofuel, mm-hmm. and this new biofuel uh, created by uh, soybeans and, uh, uh, and canola. 
And uh, he says that uh, this is the amount of it that we have to raise, the millions of acres it's going to take to do this. Uh, that's doable, but uh, the, the problem is it's 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 expensive to, to, to make the transition, but you can put it in literally any farm implement that's out there that's running on diesel fuel. Exactly. Yep. I mean, there's and the the amount of uh, opportunity and ingenuity and creativity that's coming. You know, at the technology that we're going to see right now. We have technology that I think we should be. Um, embracing, knowing that there's things coming along the line, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, like you know, for instance, the uh, uh, carbon capture and sequestration. That's that's going to be needed, and it's you know probably 10 years from being utility scale. So, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be kind of pecking away in every area that we can um, to help make it uh, a better future down the road. Well, those of us who were around in the early 1970s when we had the gas shortages. We remember the long lines at the gas pump and everything. Not even. Yeah, and (laughs) all of that. Uh, The idea of uh, actually not being able to get gas for our cars uh, scares a lot of people, and that seems to be stopping the transition to alternative energy fuel for our vehicles. Yeah, you know, we all know change is hard. We're we're used to a certain way of being, and uh, the reality of it is is that things are going to change whether we like it or not. And so mm-hmm. um, there's gonna be things to figure out along the way. Um, but, you know, um, the alternative is, is uh, more challenging, I think. So I, I you know, wow. it's, it's, I go into communities where, you know, multiple generations have worked in the fossil fuel industry. And I appreciate the, you know, that we are here today because of so much yeah. opportunity that came from that. But, you know, the, the changes, coming and uh, we need to figure it out. Well, Bill, I, and your organization is being uh, to be commended for working toward the future. A lot of people are stuck in the here and now and, and uh, it is responsible uh, yeah. viewpoint. Uh, thank you for a great conversation this morning and a very positive one too. We appreciate yeah. it. Thanks so much. Appreciate the opportunity. Sure. It's Glacier Bank's Community Conversations, a service of Glacier Bank, where your checking is totally free. Just about anywhere you are in northwest Montana, you'll find a Glacier Bank office nearby, keeping you connected to your friends and your community, an important part of the mission of Glacier Bank. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender.